talking, said Mrs. Bloxby in a flat voice, but he was in the garden and otherwise occupied. I'm just on my way to see him, said Agatha, how otherwise occupied. I was about to ring the front doorbell when I heard his voice coming from the back garden. I walked around. He was kissing that newcomer, Miss Petter Curry. I backed off and left. That's fast work, said Agatha bitterly. I've seen this Petter Curry with Gerald, and I met her at the allotments. Arrived a few months ago, has an allotment. Rumoured to have been married, but calls herself Miss. And here we are, thought Agatha sadly, two middle-aged women looking as if they had just been jilted. Like to come back to my place for a drink? she asked. No, thank you. I'd better get back to the vicarage. Agatha had decided to take Tony with her. Damien greeted them at the hall and said the staff were all waiting for them in the library. When you're finished, he said, Mother would like to see you. She's here? exclaimed Agatha. Yes, I got her back. The place is mine now, said Damien. I can't be bothered with running it, but Mother is a great organiser. Agatha thought this did not tally with Damien's earlier description of his mother as a drunk, and said so. She's taken the cure, said Damien. Good rehab job, and she's my mother. You'd better talk to the factor first, Giles Bennett. He had a row with Dad. Dad accused him of fiddling the books to line his own pockets. He was given a month's notice. I kept him on because I got the accountants to go through the books and there was no evidence of fiddling. Agatha found the interviews with the factor and the staff a waste of time. People had either been warned or did not like to speak ill of the dead, and they all said, even the factor, that he had been a model employer. Giles Bennett said that there had been nothing new in Lord Bellington firing him. It had happened regularly and he paid no attention to it. His lordship had been a great character. As the eulogies went on, Tony caught a look of malicious glee on Damien's face, quickly suppressed when he saw her looking at him. They were then led to a morning room where Olivia, Lady Bellington, was waiting for them. Agatha thought that it was only the ex-wives of Scottish peers who were allowed to retain their titles, but, with unusual tact, refrained from saying so. Olivia was a tall, thin, haggard woman with brown hair and large grey eyes. She was dressed in a faded blouse and jeans. So grateful for your help, Miss Prune, she said languidly. It's Raisin, Agatha Raisin. Sorry, I knew it was one of those wrinkled fruits. Have a seat. I don't know if I could help you, because as you probably know, I haven't seen Arthur in Yonks and you definitely had not seen anything of your husband since the divorce? Not a sausage, darling. I mean, his behaviour was gothic. Absolutely shiters. If the antifreeze could have been inserted in one of the bottles, said Tony, might there not be some in other bottles? Oh, my dear girl, said Damien. The forensic lot went through the cellar end to end.
Dad likes sweet stuff. He had been drinking Sauterne and Creme de Mont. But could they find those bottles? Disappeared. Not even in the rubbish. It must have been someone with access to the hall, said Agatha. It can't have been any of the villagers, for example. It could, said Damien. Two days before he died, there was an open day at the hall. You know the sort of thing. Marquees on the lawn, stands with homemade cakes and stuff. White elephant stall, yawn. I wasn't there. Andrea told me about it. Your sister? Is it possible to talk to her? asked Agatha. She's off hiking in Scotland. I'll let you know when she gets back. Is there any of the villagers who was really furious at the rents going up? asked Tony. Nasty old codger called Humphrey Sanders.